1: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy
0: Baseball Hour. Breaking News. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Hour. Matt Stryker, Mike the Rotocop, and this is one of those moments that, like, they'll make a movie of it. I'm coming up the stairs here in the studio. Mike hits me. He's like, we have breaking news. And he opens up his laptop. I don't even know if we have the camera straight. up do what's going but on right now. You, you hit me, like, in a movie. Like, I'm telling you, Mark Wahlberg's going to play one of us. But uh, you're like, yo, Chris, Chris, Chris Paddock sent down to single A and I looked at you and I know his last three starts have been like subpar but then you tell me it's for preservation and because he's a friend of the show you're telling me we have we can reach out to his brother Michael who's his manager and talk to him about it
1: yeah so Mike's a friend of the show he he said he'll come on we'll give him a call now just to figure out everything that's going on with Chris I know uh, a lot of people are speculating a lot of things so hopefully Mike could give us a clearer picture of what's going on
0: hope he answers What's well, a crazy day? Hello. Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? Hey, it's Matt. Can you Matt. hear me? Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, it's uh, Matt from Matt Striker from uh, with Matt and Mike. Yes, sir. What's going on? Hey, hey man. What's up, man. How you been, Mike? You You and Mike were talking a little bit earlier. Yeah, we. Well, he texted me a little bit
2: earlier, and then uh, said you guys were fixing to help on the show. So. Um... Happy
0: to hear from you, man. It's been it's been too long. Yeah, it's bigger we missed you. We, we, I missed you when you came through. But um, listen. yeah, I
1: wanted to play some golf in New York, but that's another story. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Chris so, first. So yeah, Mike hits me. The weather,
2: th- the weather wasn't that great that weekend anyway. So it, <laughs> uh, it, we'll have to catch a better a better day. yeah,
1: today, for so
0: sure. It was not meant to be. So so Mike hits me as I'm coming up the stairs here in the studio. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, they they, they send Chris down, and it's it's this is for preservation, right? This isn't for any other reason other than that. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: hundred percent. Yeah, this is uh this was a predetermined um, move that they had. I-, I think they were kind of waiting to see how the season played out to, to, to know exactly what week they were going to do it, but they were they were planning on this all along. And we knew all along, too. It's just uh, it's never good to hear. <laughs> he, he wasn't too happy to hear it whenever they told him, but uh, he, he knows it's for his own interest, and um, you know he'll, he'll be fine.
1: When did they tell him?
2: Uh, I believe they told him last night, late last night. Okay. Um, that's, that's when I got the text. So, um, he, uh, he didn't give me too many details cause he was pretty frustrated, but, um, I think everything's going to be good. He got some more information today and realized that it wasn't performance based or anything like that. So.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, not performance based. That's for sure. Um, this was, like you said, something that. Everyone really discussed behind the scenes and even in the fantasy world uh, that we're in that Paddock might not see the innings that you're going to want an ace to see or whatever it is, even though he is still pitching like an ace. He could stay down up to 20 days before it affects his service time. So I'm assuming he'll be back up soon. That'll be in play.
2: As far as I know, um, it's the Padres. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's A.J. Preller, so you never know. Um, he's, uh, He's got some method to his chaos. But no, I was told that uh, this, you know, no matter what happens this year with all the moves they're going to make up and down or whatever they end up doing, he is not going to lose a year of service time. So okay. um, that being said, you know, he's got, what, 17 days or 20 days, I think, and uh, uh, I think uh, first first ballpark number I heard for this, this little trip down is going to be like 10 days, maybe. Uh, I, I don't even know. They're just trying to get him some extended rest and skip a start, more or less. So um, he'll be fine. I, he's he's a competitor, man, and I, I think he was frustrated in the fact that he he feels like he's letting his team down, not giving him a chance to go out there and compete and win. But um, they need him to pitch for
0: ten years, not for ten months. So there you go. That, that that's you know you hit it on the head, and I like when we have these kind of discussions because instead of looking at this situation in a negative, what I've been thinking this whole time that you're talking is can't wait to see chris come back can you imagine him like as beast like just his full potential so it's almost exciting that there's this opportunity for what i thought to be great to get even better
2: yeah i can i agree with you on that i understand and that's that's one thing that um you know it, it kind of goes overlooked. not too many people talk about it a whole lot with chris but uh his entire career professional career ever since he's been drafted he's uh He's had some sort of harness on him, some sort of limit or, or pitch limit or something. And I just, I look forward to the future, you know, maybe another year, 18 months from now, when he will literally have nothing on him. They'll just hand him the ball every fifth day and say, go get us a win. For him, for, for, for the mind and the mentality of a pitcher to go out there with no restrictions and nothing holding you back and knowing you can go out there and give it your all and not have to worry about coming out in the fifth inning or sixth inning or 90 pitches, or that's going to be so much, so much better for him and, I look forward to it. But for now, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with what he's got to deal with and, and continue to work. So,
1: Yeah, that seems ideal, like you said, the the scenario 18 months from now or whatever it is. Um, real quick, I just want to clarify, and if you don't have the answer, I totally understand. He won't be pitching in the minor leagues, correct?
2: Well, uh, honestly, I don't have the answer to that, but I would still hope not. Kind of defeats the purpose
1: of setting him down. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> saw um, one of the guys uh, that, I would assume, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, I just you never know. They might. They might give him, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I have honestly, I have, I'm speculating. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything. But for him to go out maybe in five or six days and throw one or two innings, sure. that wouldn't surprise me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of keep him in, in game rhythm. Um,
0: but I, I seriously doubt you're going to see him throwing 90 pitches nice. in, in high. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so regardless, then the spirits are high uh, amongst amongst the camp, right? We as as friends of the camp, there's nothing to worry about, and a better Chris Paddock is coming. You agree with that?
2: I, I agree 100%. The best is yet to come, man. Nice. He's got uh, 0% to do with mental issue, 0% with arm issue. Matter of fact, he told me uh, yesterday before his start, his arm felt has felt better this past week than it ever has in his entire career. So uh, it's getting stronger. He's still coming back from that TJ surgery. So, yeah. you know, the, the further the further we get away from that, the better his arm is going to grow and you know, get stronger and feel better. So, he's good um he's in good spirits i think he's you know like i said he's just he feels like he's letting his team down um that's just a competitor of who he is but yeah he uh, he understands he needs to be there to help them throughout the whole year rather than them shutting him down in august early august so uh he's good to go man and, and i appreciate it. i've had so many people reach out and show support and wish him well and can't wait to see him back and those sorts of things and it's it's really cool, man. It's really it's really uplifting and awesome to see. But uh, yeah, he's good to go, man. Nothing to worry about.
0: Nice iron Shopping's iron, my friend. And now we know that you have a busy day. So we just want to reach out. We want to say what's up and thanks for clarifying everything. It's it's always good to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Hey
2: guys, take it easy, and uh, I think just keep your counters open. But I think they have a a stretch in uh, a city field or Shea Stadium or City Field. Was it City Field now? <laughs> yes. At, at the at the Met. At the weekend of the All-Star break so okay. assuming he's back then and, and all that Pete Alonzo stuff that's going on I hope he gets to throw then if so <laughs> I'll hit you up and we'll be able to play some golf you
1: uh, know what? I wasn't going to say anything but there's a lot of uh, Pete Alonzo gifts going on Twitter right now but I'm sure uh,
2: oh god yeah I can only imagine <laughs> I, uh, I, I've i been hit up with a lot of people saying yep yeah, yeah, that's uh, Pete Alonzo this and that but it, it's
1: good it's good stuff man yeah, sure yeah, it's all good I hope fun. he gets to throw I hope he gets to throw that, that series but uh, we'll see what happens I right, appreciate it man thanks a lot Y'all have a good
0: day. All right, be well. In touch. Bye. Wow, that was some. Uh, that was a big step for the Fantasy Baseball Hour, right there. You know, uh, few few things to analyze and break down or unpack, as they say, off of that. First and foremost, it's amazing the time we live in. That that breaking, like, where else are you going to get as close to a statement about the feelings and emotions of this player other than the player himself, than than to his brother, and you, you. have We're able to pull that off. If we
1: had more time, I would like to get Chris on the show, but
0: I just don't think that that's. I also feel that that there's a there's a. uh, Can you retweet the uh, the Periscope? I'm doing the things that all the kids. I'm trying to do like 20 different things. Yeah, yeah, I know you're the you're the man. Trust me, we appreciate you. No, you really are. You do you serve your purpose. You are a pillar. If this is a tripod, and Joe and me and you, you're you. Mike's essential, you're essential. This is a nice little team here.
1: I am the oh, Shawn Michaels to your Marty Jannetty. But you know sure. what
0: I mean? I do. I like it. Uh, I also wanted to tag my boys Razzball. I know we had breaking news, but check me out, dude. I have a t-shirt, and I'm more excited to have to have this than I always have like a wrestling t-shirt in a long time. You have your, your Bullet Club shirts. So I, I got a Razzball t-shirt. Hey, what are you doing? What, are you falling off the chair? No, I'm leaning over so that they oh, can see Oh, I got you. I got what you. What do you mean? I'm um, modeling. Yeah,
1: it's better than your usual, uh, again, you know, again. The, the Converse, right, so, the blue jeans. Uh, and, I you know, own
0: shares <laughs> in... Chris Paddock, across the board, I'm not dropping him. Do you advise the listener to to drop Paddock, depending, I guess, on your league situation?
1: No, I don't think you could drop him at this point, even though it is a bit concerning because this did come earlier than expected, and for people that have been listening to the show consistently, we were saying before the season, and even during his stretch in the beginning, there's going to be a point where Chris Paddock might not be as valuable in head-to-head league as opposed to a rotisserie league, because in a head-to-head league, he's not going to be there for you in the playoffs. Right so that was something that we were concerned about but I didn't think it would happen this soon I mean today's June 12th I think that's a uh, a little bit uh forward to send them down to the miners on June 12th but these guys got paid for this. They know what they're doing. So as far as Paddock goes, I would not drop him, no. and I would hold on to him. It kind of sucks because you can't even sell high on him right now because nobody's going to give you what he's actually worth at this point. So you're kind of in a in a place where you're stuck with
0: him. And Okay, but you know something? There's worse guys oh, to be 100%. stuck with. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. Exactly. There's worse guys to be stuck with. But for now, I just hold all, all the Paddock shares you have and just take it from there. But this is this was cool. This was cool that Mike came on. This was cool to uh, – to be able to do this. We also got um, a couple of pictureless guys coming on the show. Yeah, there's a lot. Dan McNamara and Nick Durley. Um I want to do current events. I know, uh, I don't think we're going to have time for that. We got waiver wire ads, uh, a little bit of DFS. You want to do current events or you want to just skip right go, over go, it? go, 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 go. Uh, Joe, what do you got for us for current events? We got Kevin Durant in the NBA Finals.
0: Kevin Durant, yeah, man. Tears is Achilles. Did you watch? Yeah, I, I saw. They showed like the thing. It's at uh, the back of the pop or whatever yeah. it was. Um, I know that that injury forced Edge out for a long time. Oh, really? Wrestler. Yeah, for I want to say almost nine months. Supposed to be longer, but he has great recuperative powers. Does he Adam? But um, yeah, so that's that's it's a blow, but. I go back to the fact that the Warriors have won without him. Like he's he's a new piece there essentially if you think about it. Right? As long as that core stays and I still think they're going to win.
1: We both said Warriors in 6 when it both started, right? Okay. So, okay. yeah. Seven. You, you said Warriors in 6? We both said Warriors in Maybe. 6. So yeah, I think it was I said the same. In 7. We wouldn't uh it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. We wouldn't be that far off, I should say, if it was Warriors in 7. So yeah. that's one thing. Blues Bruins tonight, right? That's what's next on the list, Joe? Yes, sir. Sorry for stealing your thunder.
2: No problem. Bru- Blues Bruins, Game 7, up in Boston.
1: Matt, you're the hockey guy?
0: You mean I grew up playing hockey. That's all I am. I uh, you're the hockey Sorry, guy. I didn't say you were a hockey guy. Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry, dude. don't have to come at me like that. Uh, yeah, man. I, was, I tweeted out a picture of Doug Gilmore and a picture of Cam Neely. You have to go back to, like, what, 1988, 1989 and remember how these teams were – were viewed. Uh, I always like the St. Louis Blues because I like the St. Louis Cardinals. It'll be nice for that city to uh, to have that. And if you really want to go there, you can think about that. In the past, like five summers, that area of Missouri has really been kind of embattled. Like you know, Ferguson isn't too far away from there, and there's only there's been flooding. There's just been all kinds of stuff. So, like it would be nice for that city. But uh, the Bruins, on the other hand, have players that I root for. You know, I want to see this guy raise Make the cool. cup. I want Did to on. Of course you have to root for Chara. But, I mean, some of them have had the opportunity to throw the cup up already once. So, uh, Who wins? Boston.
1: Uh, Boston and Boston. Boston yeah. always wins. Yeah. Speaking of Boston, real bad news out of the Dominican Republic. David yeah. Ortiz. Yes. You so put, now, what's the this deal? This is a big deal. That's what you wrote next to the. the now,
0: but team. what's the deal? Is it was it an assassination attempt for eight thousand dollars? Is that really true? Seven guys. The,
1: the rumors are rampant on the
2: internet.
3: Uh, <laughs> what, what, from from the sources I took a look at, it says that he was allegedly uh, with a drug lord's wife, and that Fair the enough. person who called okay. this uh, assassination attempt was a uh, a cop. Allegedly. Really? He was the trigger man.
1: Oh, I didn't hear that part. I know seven guys were involved in this. Six of them have been arrested so far. But seven guys are getting paid eight grand total. So it's a little that's over a thousand dollars each
0: for each guy. So that doesn't make That's, much sense to me that you would. That kind of also falls into the, forget the political things aside, but some of the accusations on that guy from that show Empire that he paid two Nigerian guys to like beat him up. to oh, make it really look want like to get so political. Well, I'm saying he paid them like, I think the number was also a number where like 7,000 each were kind of like normal kind of people go, we, huh? Like you're going to do that for that?
1: Uh, crazy shit's going on in the DR right now because these people are drinking the water from the bar and dying and all this. I don't know. Tomorrow. You keep up with that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the show of, took a turn. It was a bunch of
1: crazy what stuff. What are you so, guys uh, doing? <laughs> so get, what happens
0: when I don't pay attention.
3: <laughs> so let's get back on track. We got uh, Kimbrel and Keichel again, second week in a row.
1: Kimbrel to the Cubs, Keichel to the Braves. They didn't sign, if I'm not mistaken, on last week, before last week's show, did they? No, I think no, it was after. Okay, so uh, Kimbrel goes to the Cubs, Keiko goes to the Braves. Obviously, this is a played-out conversation by now, but you got to mention it on a show like this. Steamer has these two projections. You with me? I'm listening. Dallas Keuchel, 104 innings, 3.63 is a steamer projection. You okay with that?
0: 3.63 ERA. Um, I would, I would, I would want Dallas Keuchel to have a lower ERA. Do you think he'll have a lower ERA? I want him to. Okay. okay. Uh, how many wins is he projected for?
1: I don't know. if I didn't write that down. I think no. it might have been seven, if I'm not
0: mistaken. I could pull that up for you if you want. Third of the season gone. I want to win 100 games. Thirty. I want to go every five days. No. No, Steamer I, I, has yeah, him at nine. 7 wins. I was right. Yeah. 17 games started. Okay, Okay. go ahead. And what was the other things for uh Kimbrough.
1: Craig Kimbrell, 18 saves and a 2.870 ERA. Wow, really? Which is a little high for a Kimbrell ERA. But, but
0: regardless, those are impressive numbers.
1: 18 saves. Yeah. Uh, 18 saves over, let me see how many innings it has them slotted at. Six, uh, 32 innings. 18 saves. Okay. Appears in 32 games. 32 innings in 32 games. I can see it. K's per 9 they have it at 13.87. Uh, walks per 9 is almost out of 4. See, it's crazy cuz 2 years ago in 2017 his walk rate was a 1.83 and then last year was a 4.48. Right. So who knows where the walks are going to be because the year before that it was a 5.09. So obviously you would you would play the ladder and think that the walks are going to be closer to that 4.48 from last year but you could turn around and look at Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz had that walk, crazy walk rate one year, and then the next year, you know, an insane walk rate. So, and that that uh, translated into better numbers all across the board. So, I think uh, I'm expecting a little bit more from Kimbrel. No?
0: Yeah, and I think that it helps the Cubs. It bolsters them and makes they were fading away. You know, Strup was not gonna do it, and and things of this nature. But now they're starting to hit, and they're, they're still a, a good baseball team. I think they also could use another start, another arm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kimbrel definitely makes them f- formidable,
1: and as the kids say. one thing that I didn't put on the list for Joe to read out, Jordan Alvarez was called up over the week. that we sure were, was. We were away from the studio. Are you on him?
0: Any? any uh, I, I missed out on, really? uh, in my main Who's league, 30, 36 minutes to – and we'll get this guy on the show because he used to do uh, – A show with Lenny Melnick, and he runs a cool, a couple of good only leagues, AL only, NL only. Who's this? Uh, He used to wrestle as Antonio Thomas in WWE, part of the Heartbreakers. Now he wrestles as Thomas Santel, I want to say. I got to look him up. uh, His name's Tom. He's he's a great guy. He's a great baseball guy. Would love to have him on the show. Uh, Antonio Thomas. He's a good follow, too. If you can pull up his uh, his social media, he's a good follow. He He does a cool gimmick. He's almost a a Marty McFly of professional wrestling. He looks like William Regal. But you know what I mean? Like, he's very hollow, but he's a great, like, amateur, you know... Good type of vanilla ice cream, ma wrestler, and the people really get behind him. I think he's doing stuff up in the in the Northeast. I want to say with companies like Beyond and, and stuff like that. It's pretty cool when you see a friend succeeding. You yeah, have him up on your social?
1: Uh, I have him up on Wikipedia. What was his wrestling name in WWE?
0: Antonio Thomas. Oh, that's
1: what it was in WWE. Thomas Thomas uh, doesn't sound too familiar to me. No. Usually, I know all the wrestlers, you know.
0: Yeah, usually. You Not know, even making for some great radio here buddy
1: let me pull up his
0: social media i, I don't know you want to keep talking about your friend here talk about your don alvarez so he beat you to it yeah so he beat me to it by 36 minutes and i was very upset by that in a couple of my other leagues i don't have any maneuverability i don't really have anyone to drop so i'm kind of like stuck and i'm like whatever but I, I have to admit in the last like three four days i've been neglecting my my teams all around really yeah I really why have. is that uh because i know it's a long season i know Give me a few days and a waiver wire, and I can at least work some magic to get in the money, depending on how far off I've let a team slip. Do you ever do that? You're like way too cocky about this. Do you ever let a team slip? No, why would I let a team slip? Hmm. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about (laughs) why would I let a team slip? I want to, well, I don't know because baseball is a long season and you have innings. This is when you capitalize. But I watch guys and I'll see them. There are. I'm making it up. Two hundred points ahead of everybody. Now look at their innings thing, and they're under by like 188. You do some quick math, and come like the last five days of the season, he won't have any innings. And if I stay within striking distance, I can just stream the out of some pitchers. And I win like that. I know that. So depending on how far out I am, like that's why baseball is long. I want to ask you, in football, it's not the same way, is it? No, football is a completely different animal. Man, so um, I what I did is I made this bet with my friend Ryan. So I do not. Ryan, who? Ryan, his name is Ryan Goldstein. He is the president of uh, AP Keaton. They're a marketing firm. Oh, uh, they're pretty I've, cool. actually. I've heard about Ryan. No, I know you don't like you. Uh, so, um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to. He wants me to play my my fantasy football leagues under his style, because we play a totally different style. So I want. What is your style to play? Like you're on top of everything. You you work a hard draft. You almost play like a best ball in a way. As far as my strategy, you're asking? Your season-long coaching strategy. Uh, It's a little
1: different than baseball where when guys are hot, you don't have to add them because in football, as soon as that guy gets a starting spot or as soon as that guy does something that's so crazy that he's going to get a starting spot or whatever it is, you're getting a call from one of the pitcherless guys? No. Um, You just got to run to the wire. I think it's more more um, first-come basis in football, unless you're playing a league with waivers and everything else is involved. But for the most part, I just try and get to the wire as fast as I can and pick up whoever whoever's the hot name.
0: Right. So so you're working a waiver wire, you're doing all these things. Now, do you essentially... Well, like,
1: there's only like four or five guys throughout the whole entire season that are really going to make a difference right. for your team. So you've got to almost pick up everyone as opposed to Jay Corderizzi as a 1.97 ERA, but I'm still not picking him up. I mean, okay. he's not available at this point, but... I know Jake Rodgers is going to fall off. Football is not like that.
0: Okay. Now, what about when you're drafting? Do you go RB RB? Do you go running back running back like right away? What's your approach?
1: I'm um, a little bit cocky in my fantasy football um <laughs> sure, football style. <laughs> so dead. I um this guy's a total When I was growing up, I always had to have Aaron Rodgers on my team. Had to. Otherwise, I refused to do it. Why? just because I enjoyed watching him play so much. okay. So I would take Rodgers where he wasn't supposed to be going, thinking think was, to myself sorry. that I'm going to not even just to throw a run off, just so that I had Rodgers. Right. And I, I was good enough to surround him with the right team to make the playoffs. Okay. So it's a little bit cockiness on my point. But I'm, I'm planning to do the same thing this year, Patrick Mahomes. So you might see me take Mahomes in the second round when he should go in the whatever the rankings say, the third right. or fourth round, just to, so I could have Mahomes and watch him every Sunday.
0: Okay, so that for you is how you play your fantasy game is that so you can actually watch these guys. Like, if you look at it like baseball, uh, if, uh, I love guys that get hits, and Whit Merrifield at 200 hits, and I'm going to draft Whit Merrifield. I'm not going to really watch 82 to 162 games of Whit Merrifield. You like to actually physically be able to like watch your guy and be yeah, like, Yeah, because
1: Sundays is a little different. Sundays is just one day. Baseball, like, I watch a million at bats a week, a thousand mm-hmm. at bats a week, but I'm switching from game to game to game. You have Patrick Mahomes out there, it's like you get that 15 times throughout the game or whatever, how many of drives they have, and you really focus in on those drives. That's why I like doing it with the, especially quarterbacks.
0: That's interesting. So, yeah, because no, you, you hear – I know it's only June, but you hear like different people talk about different strategies and things like that, and I'm with you. I would not be offended if I wanted to grab a quarterback in like, I don't know, round three, round four – Deshaun Watson, if, do you hate me and think I'm stupid if in the fourth round of our draft I have Deshaun Watson?
1: Is that who you said was your number one quarterback? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to guess that. I uh, I did a little bit of fantasy football research, and forever is listening out there to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. This is uh, the first time we're talking about fantasy football this season. It's a little bit early, no?
0: I don't know. I just I just wanted to start to, to, to think and to, to pretend. Well, while we wait for i while like these to live in a pretend world.
1: Pitcherless guys to call in. Um, I was looking at some top tens, and Watson was the number two quarterback mm-hmm. ahead of Rodgers, Luck, Ryan, Wentz, Newton, Mayfield, Wilson, Breeze. Uh, I would not take Cam Newton over Baker Mayfield, that's for sure. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a humongous season as far as the running backs status quo Barkley Elliott McCaffrey well, let me ask you something uh, a top friend one. of mine
0: told me that Saquon, Saquon Barkley is the if you are 30 years and younger Saquon Barkley is the greatest and will be the greatest running back you will ever see is that uh, is he generational that's a uh, that's a good question
1: would I say he's generational no why I don't know. I just feel like there's been been better running backs over the course of my my lifetime. Is he better than a Aladini Tomlinson? Or is it he hasn't been proven a... yet.
0: It hasn't been proven yet. This is this is a, almost a a, a projection, mm-hmm. a prognostication, if you will.
1: Great player. Don't get me wrong. Probably the best player in football as far as fantasy goes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would call him the best running back ever at this point. All
0: right. He's only um, been around for a season. Talk to me about your favorite team. And how you think, uh, fantasy wise, they'll be valuable?
1: Uh, the Jets, yeah. I guess Le'Veon Bell will be pretty valuable. He's the twelfth uh, ranked running back. Okay, I got him as eight here. Okay. I guess he'll do Le'Veon Bell things. He had a year
0: to uh, sit out, and what get if the healthy. entire offensive scheme is structured around him?
1: I think it should be because I'm not as high on Sam Darnold as as most people uh, are. Darnold is
0: the twenty fourth ranked. Uh, I want to say this off the top of your head, huh? I'm just saying, you know, Uh, I I just remember because I was having a conversation. So I had to look it up. And then then my next point is going to be Robbie Grossman. I think the 27th ranked receiver. Uh, So but what is that? Robbie Grossman, the outfielder for the athletics? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And on that note, hang on. Oh, man. All right. Joining us on the line. This is a treat, my friend. We are just taking corners and squares and working a four-way here. We have Dan McNamara (laughs) and Nick Jurelli. Nick Jurelli. Sorry, man. Uh, Guys from Pitcher List, what's going on?
3: How's it what going, guys?
1: gentlemen? What's going on? Thanks for coming on the show, guys. I know uh we, uh, you guys, discuss a lot of stuff in the in the Pitcherless Discord, so I wanted to have you on and talk about the articles you wrote recently. Sorry about the timing. We had uh Chris Paddock's brother, Michael, on. I don't know. Uh, Dan said you just got just got in. Nick, you heard uh Chris got sent down to the minor leagues.
3: I know. I'm still I'm still grieving. I'm still getting <laughs> over it.
1: <laughs> so his brother says he's fine and should be up before we know it. So that's a good uh, good sign that there's nothing going on behind the scenes let's start with uh nick here and the pitcher breakout forecasting pitcher breakouts with two strike rates so this is an article you wrote on .com. for those who don't uh don't go on .com, you really should it's a great great way to get fantasy yeah. insight and nick and dan are always active on there as is uh nick pollock alex fast and a bunch of other guys in the industry so nick tell us about this article you wrote back in uh, i think it was april 12th
3: yeah it was in early April and- you know, basically, uh, the old adage that the, the pitcher needs to pitch ahead, right? That's that's one of the oldest uh, truisms in, in baseball. Um, but it's something that didn't really get a whole lot of attention from the sabermetric revolution that's occurred over the last five years. So, you know, two-strike rate was really my my attempt to quantify that. So it's calculated as the, the percentage of pitches uh, that a pitcher throws in 0-2, 1-2, and 2-2 counts and uh you know a, a good measure of that is about 30 uh, percent average is about 24 25 percent, and bad would be 20 percent. and you know what i found in the article is that uh two strike rate is actually just as robust as a, a stat like swinging strike rate which i was actually surprised about at first and mm-hmm. uh the additional thing about it is it it actually has less random variance you know there's less random start to start and month-to-month variance in a stat like swing strike race so that that really got me intrigued I was like hey I can I can use this stat kind of to to get an edge on my my fantasy competition and better understand how uh, a pitcher really attack uh, attacks hitters
1: yeah so one of the things in your article you actually um well, what you did was you put pitchers to target based on your findings and pitchers to avoid based on your findings. And for the most part, you did pretty well with this because in the list of uh, pitchers to target, you had Matt Boyd and Lucas Giolito. and the pitchers to avoid, you had Nick Pavetta and Zach Wheeler. Obviously, Pavetta got sent down. Now he's back up. He's doing pretty decent. But Wheeler struggled all year. But I got I to gotta call you out on this. Also, you had pitchers to target uh, Adam Plucko and pitchers to avoid Mike Minor. So, using this stat, the two-strike percentage, why is it that those guys ended up on those lists. Is that just something that you got to take uh, take with a grain of salt?
3: Sure. And, and look, this isn't a perfect science, right? Uh, you know, two strike rates—it's uh, a descriptive stat, so kind of it describes what's happened, and it's it's a little predictive in nature. But a, a pitcher can improve in two strike rate, and that's that's actually what exactly what Mike Myers done. Yeah. Uh, over over the last four to five weeks, so you know, really, you know, my intention was this stat. With this stat, was to kind of use it. In conjunction with other stats like swinging strike rate, mm-hmm. to really see if you can confirm a breakout. Um, you know, th- an interesting case would be someone like Luis Castillo, where he's a guy, especially three or four weeks ago, by every metric imaginable, he looked amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, xFIP, ERA, XWOBA, swinging strike rate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the 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 one stat that he didn't look great by was was two strike rate, and so. That doesn't necessarily say Castillo's all of a sudden going to suck, but it says, hey, he's pitching behind um, right. batters a lot, and he's relying on batters making mistakes rather than you know dictating the agenda to the hitter. I think it's maybe more likely that he's going to have maybe a little bit of a regression going forward. So that's, that's kind of really the way that, that you should use it.
1: Yeah, and I look at the, the two-strike leaders now, and on top of that list is Chris Paddock. You have it at a uh, minimum 750 pitches here. The rest of the guys, Jacob DeGrom, Cole, Justin there Max Scherzer. So the guys that you think would be up there up there. Then you got guys like Caleb Smith, uh, Giolito's 11, Kershaw 12, uh, Granke 15, Odorizzi 16. So it's pretty indicative because all these guys are having great seasons, especially guys like Odorizzi, who these, this, this, these findings really back up what he's doing. I know uh, uh, Matt had a question about this.
0: Matt. Yeah, I'm just saying, how can you capitalize on someone that you think is trending up in this category? If the listener out there maybe wants to put their eye on someone that isn't going to be so widely owned.
3: Sure, exactly. You know, and I think what you want to do is you know you can look at the the year-long findings right but you can also look over the last month or the last month and a half and see okay which pitchers are improving their two strike rate and which ones have an absolute level which which is pretty high and the example i want to point out maybe is lucas giolito so through april 30th of this year you know giolito wasn't necessarily doing great he had a 5-3 era and his other estimators were okay but all of a sudden his two strike rate was up to 27.9%, which is in the 90th plus percentile and his swinging strike rate was in the 70th percentile. Mm-hmm. So you say to yourself, "Hmm, those are both really big improvements. Um, you know, this is a guy I should target." Yeah. And, you know, two strike rate, you know, it won't necessarily allow you to say, you know, forecast 4 months out all oh, this guy's going to break out, but it allow you to get a jump basically on you know a starter who's really starting to peak and you know for me giolito and i think dan as well we were able to pick, pick him up in all our leagues because we saw the two strike rate trend and we we're like as soon as he had that one or two good stars we we're okay let's grab him. yeah so that's that's kind of how you how you use it
1: so then uh dan takes it a step further and he writes an article going deep uh expanding on the application of two strike rate and what you did dan was you basically compared whiff rates and two strike rates
4: yeah, so, so I, I mean, I was inspired by Nick's work, obviously, and, oh. you know, there were there were some outliers. I think I think it's it's pretty obvious there are some guys at the top of that list, and especially in Nick's article where he showed the sample of pitchers from 2016 all the way through 2018, uh, you know, you had guys in the top ten like uh, like Rick Porcello was a was a glaring outlier in terms of his overall results and his output. And it was, okay, so what is it about Porcello that kind of makes him different from these other guys who are pretty much bona fide, you know, Cy Young contenders every single year? And when I, the first thing that me and Nick thought of was, well, he just, he doesn't get as many whiffs, doesn't get as many strikeouts. So that's where we started. And, you know, right there, that was where you start to notice, okay, so Porcello not only has. ability to get ahead or he does have the ability to get ahead but he doesn't have the ability to put guys away so that got me looking into the actual two strike with realm and what i found was that called third strikes almost never happen in two strike counts when you get a called third strike you're falling into a sample of about four percent of the time Mm -hmm. so i wanted to put guys into a vacuum to start really, really comparing these pitchers who not only have either a good or bad ability to get into two-strike counts, but also how good are they are they at actually finishing the at-bat on their own. And if you look at Nick's work, whiff rate actually stays fairly similar from your neutral counts into your two-strike counts, but then it goes way, way, way down when you get into hitter counts. So we're able to take, these guys who get into two strike counts very, very effectively, and we're able to say, okay, so these are the guys who, when they get to two strikes, they either elevate their game or they stay the same if they're already good. Mm-hmm. Or you have guys who are worse than what they should be and we can expect regression, or we have guys who are just bad in general and they're not only, they're, they're, they're getting ahead, but they're still relying on contact. So it becomes this really, really interesting um sort of, you know, comparison where you can spot guys who are, you know, getting whiffs, but they're not putting guys away. Or you spot guys who are getting ahead, but unable to actually finish at bats. Like it's, and it really just kind of brings it full circle and it puts guys into, you know, a a really, really nice picture and an ability to compare pitchers at a deeper level than just, okay, they're getting ahead. Now let's see if they can actually finish things off.
0: Uh, Speak to the Luis Castillo owner uh, out there listening. Um, also, speak to if you can, maybe a James Paxton owner. Can you somehow try to apply these things?
4: Yeah. So with Lu- Luis Castillo, I think you know Nick already brought him up, and he's he's a spectacular example of this because if you look at his two strike whiff rate, it's absolutely through the roof. It's above forty percent, which is ab- which is mind bogglingly good. So clearly, when he's able to get you into a count where you are on the back foot. He is finishing you almost half the time, which is oh. which is amazing. The problem, like Nick mentioned, is that he's not getting into those counts enough for it to be super meaningful. So if you dive into a guy like him, you'll see that he's made such a drastic change in his approach that he's just almost non-existent in terms of his zone rate. He's in the zone a league-worst 38% of the time at the moment, and what I think that, kind of speaks to is the fact that hitters have something that they can very, very easily adjust to. Because if you look at him count by count, he just doesn't want to come into the zone. Why does he not want to come into the zone? I'm not 100% sure. It could be just because last year was a year that didn't go quite his way, so he decided to start avoiding bats more and more often. Uh, But nonetheless, he's kind of leaving himself vulnerable to either putting guys on base, which he's doing a lot. You see he ranks in the top 10 of walk rate or he's putting himself in positions where if he does come into the zone, hitters can be more selective about the pitches they are swinging at. So you, you have to give him credit because he does have an absolutely amazing changeup. You do recognize that he may be fooling hitters. It may look super enticing, but at the same time, if hitters just take into account his tendencies of being outside the zone, they might just start you know, spitting on that one zero 0 pitch, spitting mm-hmm. on that 0-0 pitch, and just seeing if they could get ahead. Um, and at that point, you just you take him out of the driver's seat and you force him to come challenge you. Now, Dan, and in terms of like a practical recommendation, um, I, I'm pretty unabashed. If,
3: if you have someone willing to pay you value, who's in Castillo like a top 10 pitcher or a top 5 pitcher, I would 100% trade him. I mean, it's like Dan's saying, he's basically walking a high wire act right now, scouting reports, sabermetrics. Teams are going to eventually start queuing to the fact that, hey, when I get to a 2-0 count against Castillo, I don't need to swing. He's going out of the zone with a changeup. And uh, you know he just leaves himself exposed to that type of adjustment.
1: Uh, here's something for you, Nick. Would you trade Luis Castillo for Trevor Bauer right now?
3: You know That's an, that's an interesting one. I, I would say yes. And, and to be honest, I don't quite know why Bauer's is um, scuttled a bit I don't know this either. year. <laughs> but uh, I trust Bauer's... You know, obviously, intuition and mechanics and and te- 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 technological advancement um that he can figure it out. Um, I think Castillo is really talented, probably a top twenty to twenty five pitcher for sure. Um, but uh, I like Bauer long-term more.
1: You know, I read something the other day. I think uh, Rob Silver tweeted, if I'm not mistaken. He said, if you took everything about Bauer that we know and put it aside, put aside his work ethic, put aside all the training videos, put aside all the advanced analytics and everything else, and he was doing what he was doing right now, would anyone have the kind of hope for him that everybody does have? So that was an interesting tweet. Uh, we're here with Dan McNamara, at Danny Hot Takes on Twitter, Nick Jurley. I'm pronouncing that right, Nick? Jerley. You got it. Yeah, Nick Turley, at Nick Turley, PL for PitcherList at PitcherList.com. You can read all their stuff. Before we wrap up here, Dan, at the end of your article, you spoke a little bit about CSW, which is Alex Fast's baby uh, called Swing... Uh, what's the CSW stand for? Called Strike
4: Whips? Called, called, strikes, strike.
1: P- called Strikes Plus Whips. Okay, Called Strikes Plus Whips. I'm sorry. So you talked a little bit about how that ties into this whole two strike and two strike rate and two strike width.
4: Yeah, so I, I think Nick again mentioned this earlier. No one stat is perfect. You got to make sure you're using these things in conjunction. It's why I wrote my article to to add to the two strike realm and how we can let these stats play off one another. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want to forget about CSW because it plays a very very important role in just letting you know how good a pitcher is at getting what i would refer to as contactless strikes so-called strikes and whiffs right so how good are they generally at avoiding bats because in my opinion if you have somebody who is very very high in csw and has demonstrated an ability to either get balls past the hitter or fool a hitter on a swing then that tells me that even if they do have a very very low two-strike rate they probably have the ability to get up very quickly into a higher two-strike rate. Because it it demonstrates to me that they have good command, they have consistent command. And if you look at somebody uh, that was highlighted in Nick's article, which was uh, Herman Marquez, he's a guy who seems to kind of fluctuate between that, you know, uh, mid-twenties two-strike rate, but then if he jumps up to 26, 27, he becomes an absolutely elite ace. Mm -hmm. So... you need to be willing to look at csw recognize when guys are just pure good strike getters and then if they are good at that have a little bit of encouragement that you could at least see some sort of a rise in their two strike rate if they're sort of floundering in that sort of you know realm of mediocrity in the two strike realm
1: yeah definitely nick um before we let you guys go here what's next in your uh in your research or in your findings are you working on anything related to this
3: Sure. Uh, You know, I I like to keep things fresh. I actually just wrote an article last week for Pitcher List on uh, pulled fly balls. Um, You know, obviously, over the last three years of fly ball revolution, uh, everyone loves fly balls, especially pulled fly balls, the shortest way to get a home run. Um, It's kind of the point, though, where in fantasy analysis, we just kind of blindly look at pulled fly balls as a good thing. And, uh, you know, what I realized in, in the article and doing my research is that there's really no relationship between pulling fly balls and increasing overall offensive production mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of different variables that, that go into that and typically when you pull more fly balls um you know you end up hitting more pop-ups and less line drives and striking out more so um you know it's, it's kind of a complicated uh equation and so uh, i kind of want to do more in that area of research uh, there'll probably be a follow-up article in the next couple weeks
1: awesome dan how about you
4: yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm I'm doing a couple of you know individual player deep dives. Um, I've been very fascinated by the uh, by the breakout of Abysal Garcia this week. So I'm currently working uh, so I'm currently working on a going deep for that. Um, but I'm also uh, continuing to kind of dive into the two strike realm, and I'm doing it a little bit on the hitter side as well. I'm very very fascinated by Joey Gallo's breakout. And mm-hmm. if you look at and if you look at one of the significant changes that he's done, he's actually being patient to the point that he's putting himself into the top tier of hitters on a two-strike basis. In other words, being in two-strike counts the least amount of time compared to when he was in the bottom 25% over the last three seasons. So I think that that is something that could be very, very interesting to look into as well, see if we can take two strikes away from just starting pitching and apply it to hitting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be something that I look into down the line as well.
0: Nice to be continued. So much information. That's what I love. I love when guests come on and they just like pro- provoke thought, and that's what I like. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll have you back on, and we'll talk some more, okay?
3: Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Matt. Let's thanks, Mike.
0: A, yeah, you got it. appreciate it. Nice, Mike. Good stuff. I like it. It's it's thought-provoking. It really puts you in a place that it, you start to look at your teams and your players and your leagues differently, and then you start to, especially now, right? June, you start making some trade-offers. That, that sure, you're, that you're, still
1: on. Sorry to interrupt you. The Periscope? You froze here.
0: Froze? That's not a good thing. Keep going. You start making trade-off. Uh, and Keep going. No, go you start to make trade offers that you're actually okay with because you have the analytics behind them. You have a little more confidence. Most times when I'm tinkering with a trade, I'm like, oh, do I really want to give you a drink some pro far? You have so much position eligibility. But then if I can look at some you know metrics and go, you know what, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to look back in three weeks. A friend of mine has had a chance. He was asking me if he should trade uh, Ken Giles. How do I trade him? Do I trade him? Do I trade him? I said, uh ah. And Giles goes on the IL and I text him and I go, yo, did you do that Giles deal? He's like, yes, I did. So, I mean, you, you have to look at these things because that's, to me, how you, you excel, my friend.
1: No, definitely. The show's all over the place today with the whole Chris
0: news. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're journalists now. Uh, I don't know what's going on. One of us is a journalist now. Um, so, another way that you... One of you, us has always been a journalist. I'm going to that far. All right. Uh, I wanted to talk about some quick waiver wire ads. Uh, A lot of times I'll get an email from Fantasy Pros. Do you get that email?
1: I do get that email. That's pretty
0: cool. What do you think about what some of their picks are? Uh,
1: I think they're great. Fantasy Pros, uh, Michael Waterloo, who is a guest on our our show, is big in Fantasy Pros. There's a couple other people that I follow that uh, really are a big part of what they do.
0: Which email are you talking about specifically? Uh, the, the fantasy pros gives you that like week eleven waiver wire yes, pickups. Yes, yes, this guy, yes, that, yes, guy yes, that guy, yes. that guy, this guy. Yeah. I right.
1: segue into my waiver
0: wire. Yeah, apps? pretty much. That's how that went. <laughs> nice, good talk. <laughs> so
1: Michael Paddock was on the show today.
0: <laughs> this right. is what happens. Uh, this is what happens when you let Mike steer oh, the train, man. ladies and gentlemen. I oh, gave him the. I gave if it, it didn't to come you. Come late, things would be a little different. Hey, man. So. You got to be a pro. All right. In any event, waiver wire ads. And this is uh, interesting because this is where we get not even – we're not even in the dog days yet. We're just in uh-huh. early June, man. We're not even at all-star break. But the first third of the season has gone by. Yes. So now you really start to, to feel it a little more. You feel a pinch. Um, how are your wire skills thus far? I'm sorry. That made me laugh. All what, right, What uh, made you laugh? The feel a pinch line.
1: So – for a first during this waiver-wire-ass segment. So I, got,
0: I got nothing, Joe. I'm, like, just, I'm done.
1: <laughs> the first timer here. On May 28th, I said, go pick up Kevin Kiermaier. He was 14% owned. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's hitting 292 with three homers, 10 RBIs, and two stolen maces. Okay. 357 over the last week.
0: Well, he, let me...
1: <laughs> now, what is, what is he up to? 20% owned.
0: Okay. Why so little? I don't know. I think people sleep on him, but a lot of times, you know, If you need – if I need you to tell me to go get Kevin Kiermaier, like something's not – Well, 80% of Yahoo players do. So is this – opens up a bigger discussion. How many – what percentage of Yahoo players are – paying attention? Are players that you would respect if you were in a league with them? Or do you think Yahoo, even more for fantasy football, is the league that everyone just goes to, makes their team, and doesn't look at? I think it's
1: more – kind of. I think it's more of a standard want-to-have-fun type of thing. As opposed okay. to guys who are really looking at analytics and so which which sites
0: other... do you feel that you found have a population that are more analytical? Listen, you want to play with the big boys,
1: you play NFBC, you play right. NFFC, you you put your money where your mouth is. Honestly, mm-hmm. the more money, the more serious it's going to be, the okay. more research it's going to.
0: I play on Fantrax League, and and you could tell it's just far different. Just when you go and you visit the waiver wire. And you're just like, oh look, there's no one here.
1: Yeah, well, most people playing fan tracks are pretty avid fantasy sports players, for sure. All right, who are some
0: other waiver wires that the the avid sports player should be looking at?
1: Uh, I guess we're just going right
0: past Kevin Kiermeyer and going to Jacoby Jones. Well, what do you mean <laughs> you aren't you aren't done touting I his was wares? Not done. I was oh, not done. All right, tell me more numbers that reinforce why a logical player should be picked up. Like I just feel like, well, from a science was- perspective, you've already established your point.
1: Yeah. I said it at the end of May. I'll say it again. Pick up Kevin Kiermaier. How fair about enough. That? All right. That's, that's um, the line
0: you wanted to get in? Jacoby Jones. Tremendous.
1: <laughs> Jacoby Jones, 9% owned. Isn't
0: Jacoby Jones a wide receiver for the Falcons? A Julio Jones. Julio Jones, okay, man. You got a lot. To learn. Nice. A nah, I'm just teasing. To I decided I saw an opportunity. What about Jacoby? Uh, 9% owned. He is hitting
1: three sixty one over his last 30 days with six homers and four swipes. Pretty interesting, right? All right. What about Yandi Diaz? What about Yandy Diaz? What do you think of about him? As I think he's Saul's a very good hitter, but okay. I'm talking about Jacoby Jones, not Yandy <laughs> Diaz. He's Kevin Kiermeyer light, in my opinion, Jacoby Jones, uh, okay. and his hard hit rate and exit velocity are off the charts. So once he starts hitting breaking balls a bit better, he'll be a valuable guy to have, especially at 9% owned.
0: All now right, you could talk about Yandy Diaz. No, I was just asking what you thought about him. You said he was a good hitter. I think he's just someone that you should look to pick up. Oh, for sure. You know, What's I mean, his percentage, though? And this uh, guy's, He's yeah, got to be over 40%. I want to say he's 32% owned. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says right here. I'm blocking the light.
4: I'm blocking
0: the light. You thought I was trying to, like, say that, like, I knew it. I'm looking right here. Yandy Diaz, 32% owned. This is from the Fantasy Pros. Oh, uh, they have Jackie Bradley on this list, of 27% owned. You Who keep him. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Richards, as a pitcher, incredible, 22% owned. Incredible change. <laughs> okay. Kyle Seeger. Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about Framber Do you own any Framber Incredible Incredible curve. <laughs> I, I own I own some brand, but this is great. What about Anibal Sanchez? <laughs> okay. And last but not least, Pablo Lopez, 14% on. No, he's owned. decent. He gets a lot of checkouts. All right. And then they have deep league oh, targets, which I think are really cool, too. <laughs> what the hell just happened to you? I don't know. It's really hot. <laughs> that was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Like, I think that's it. We go home. Oh, you have shit. anything else you want yeah, to add? pick up
1: Adrian Sampson, 22% on.
0: That uh, guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What about Roberto Perez? Trash. What yeah. about Cesar Buelo? Uh He's pretty decent. Marcana? <laughs> he's okay. Okay. Jean Duplantier? He's on the deal. Okay. Ryan Harper?
1: Uh, he's actually pretty good, but no save opportunities yet. Carson Kelly? Decent. Pedro Severino? trash okay all right <laughs> all right <laughs> folks for joe and t- i gotta take this
0: headset off Yo, <laughs> i don't know rotaware.com yeah dude what about the it rotaware.com they're the best are you kidding oh, me oh i didn't know that was from yeah 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 i thought yeah. it was a Razzball shirt but now like i feel weird like i don't want to keep hitting them up for like did you use the promo code stuff? fbbh that's the promo code what was it 15 20 <laughs> off <laughs> that is the promo code that's right 15 nice there you go <laughs> are we done yeah. oh my god Weird. All right. For Joe, the sound guy, you want to add anything? Mike's done here, Joe. For the guy formerly known as Mike the Roto Cop, I'm Matt Stryker. We say good luck, be safe, have fun. We'll see you out.